chapter 19 then him incipients a month after the exhibition and Ecuador's surgery calls were still coming in some congratulating us and inquiring about production dates others were a mixture of the local press trying to set up interviews after all we were the new competition in town with a great new invention I'd even had a couple of calls from Brenda's PA, both missed and both trying to arrange a meeting with me according to the messages left. My immediate priority was to get Ikuba back on her feet after her surgery. Her recovery had been quite quick with the aid of home remedies from her mother who'd stayed with us a few days and her very devoted friends. I had to admit to being overwhelmed with everything and somehow felt as though I was stuck on a repetitive plane. Ikuba and I were no closer to resolving our own issues, never mind discovering a way forward. We were lost, I was dejected, and my only get-out was to focus on my projects. I'd even considered the very ridiculous idea of accepting Brenda's proposal and moving to Montrose and starting afresh. A few more weeks went by and Ikuba was back at work, back in the thick of it, and had even started taking trips away for conferences. Naturally, I'd been concerned, perhaps even angry with her for not considering my feelings, especially about going away. What was I to think? She'd mentioned taking self-defence classes just after she'd returned to work, which I thought was a great idea. I'd offered to go with her, but she declined and I hadn't pushed. I could tell she was taking it seriously, and as time went on, the daily classes replaced her nights out with her girls, and even our date nights, which, in a way, I was grateful for. We didn't have much to offer to each other anymore. Conversations were few and far between and we seemed to avoid each other. I spent more time in the office and late nights in the lab and slowly built a whole new barrier between Ekuba and myself. It was almost the end of the year. The months had flown by and it seemed we'd been completely consumed by the decline of our relationship that we hadn't even noticed the changes in each other. We'd worked so hard to build an impenetrable closeness and for the sake of pride had put up our own walls against each other. I couldn't help but conclude that neither of us had any real role models from whom to learn. We'd both been discarded as children, as though we were the cause for the unshakable resistance to uninhibited joy between our parents. So what chance did we have at making our own a success? What probably should have bonded us had now become our own song and dance. It wasn't long before the the year would come to an abrupt end and somehow I knew that I needed to make a decision. Either way, we couldn't carry on like this. I scheduled a lunch meeting with Brenda, my second since the exhibition. I dodged her calls for far too long. She was definitely a tenacious woman and her unwavering consistency was admirable which led me to assimilate the weight of the offer at hand. As I put on my thick coat in preparation for the dip temperature outside, I paused for a minute pondering over the purpose of our meeting. I'd had a few weeks to consider their proposal but I hadn't mentioned it to Ekuba. Somehow I felt that I wouldn't be afforded an objective sentiment and although her input would have been equal to mine, our dwindling communication did not entice me in the least. She wore a low-cut mid-length black dress which accentuated her cleavage and what appeared to be an ample bosom. 
when she removed her coat, I noticed the curves a little more. Her hair, left loose on her shoulders, looked the colour of flames under the light, and her long brown boots seemed to travel up to her knees. She was an incredible beauty, I thought, but I had to remain focused. You're a hard man to track, she started, but I understand. It's not every day you're asked to leave your entire life's work and build someone else's dream, which could potentially raise your profile to a whole new level, by the way. I sensed sarcasm in her tone, but continued to smile. She raised her glass halfway up and waited for me to do the same. To new beginnings. As our glasses clinked and as she gulped down her wine, she winked amorously at me. I cleared my throat and nervously began my rebuttal as though I was in front of a jury. I remember the day I decided to start on my own. It was the proudest in my entire life because I knew it was the beginning of something awesome. I paused, not for effect, but to gather my thoughts. My father was a very hard-working man, but in all the years he worked, he never stopped to build his own. He died with nothing, essentially. So MKL Corp has a long way to go, but it would be foolish of me to leave it behind, to drop everything. Brenda shifted in her chair uneasily, then gave a rueful smile. She took out her phone and waited for me to finish. I think it's a great opportunity, Brenda, and perhaps if I were just starting out, I'd jump at the chance. I gulped down my last drop of coke and prepared to be sent away like a naughty student. Instead, Brenda gave a loud shriek and clapped her hand, saying, It was all right. Nothing to worry about, Caleb. I'm sure we can find someone just as brilliant to fill the spot. Now let's eat. The lunch is on me. She placed her hand on mine, leaned in and whispered, Personally, I'm glad you refused. It won't complicate things this way. I held her gaze for a few seconds before realising what she had just proposed. I left my office knowing I had to be back in a couple of hours to prepare the paperwork for more meetings with James in preparation for the Inatech merger. Brenda had suggested another new restaurant in Soho, not far from the one we'd previously been to, where she'd promised a meal I would never forget. I wasn't nervous, only cautious. I'd sensed the flirtatious vibe from her from the first day I'd met her, and although it was subtle, it was also obvious. I knew I'd have trouble on my hands if I didn't play my cards right. I was definitely in for another interesting meeting, but this time I had a goal in mind. I arrived a few minutes early and waited at the bar for her whilst nursing a coke and lemon. She showed up ten minutes late with no apologies and ordered a glass of house white which happened to be a Pinot Grigio. As I made my way back to my office, amazed at what I had just walked away from, I wondered if I'd made the right decision. I walked past little boutiques, perfume shops, where beautiful scents escaped slowly from under the doors, and a row of jewellery shops. I ventured into one of them and looked around. In a small showcase hidden in the corner was a gold necklace with a white gold heart for a pendant dangling in its middle. At the centre of the heart was a beautiful emerald. Ekuba's favourite stone was emerald, and she told me once that it was because growing up her favourite film was The Wizard of Oz. I remember teasing her about it and how she'd hated that, but all I could think of now was buying it for her. I paid for it and left the shop, but began to quicken my steps as the feeling of euphoria fell on me. 
My heart was beating even faster. My face broke into a smile and I knew that I had to speak to Akuba and Sue. I needed to take her away from all this, somewhere we could rekindle what we had forgotten. I had to show her how much I loved her and wanted only her. I felt trepidation and excitement all at once. I didn't know how she would respond or if she even still loved me. All I knew was there was nothing more and nothing that could stop me.